0: Welcome to My Classic Soul, the podcast dedicated to the best soul and R&B music throughout the decades. In our latest episode, SoulMusic.com founder David Nathan is joined by longtime SoulMusic.com colleague and music industry veteran Michael Lewis. Michael has worked with a number of major record labels including The Face, Motown, and Sony Music, and today they are talking about the classic 1981 album What You Gonna Do For Me by the iconic Shaka Khan. David and Michael share about how Shaka's third solo LP gave her ever-growing audience an opportunity to hear her passion for jazz with the standout and the melody lingers on A Night in Tunisia, while providing a couple of her biggest hits, the Grammy-nominated title track and the timeless dance classic I Know You, I Live You. Without further ado, let's join David and Michael to talk Shaka Khan.
1: Hi, Michael. How are you today? Hey, David. I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm, I'm good, given all the current conditions and circumstances of the world. I'm doing yeah, all, right. all right. for a moment, let all that,
2: sweep all that away, and we're going to focus yes. on... Yes, uh, and focus on... Good things right now.
1: And one of the good things we're focusing on today is... Shaka drum roll.
2: What you going to do for me...
0: <laughs>
1: wow! I mean, just even looking at the album it brings back uh, memories. I mean, yeah. you know, 1981, and um, I'm just remembering, um, you know, where where I was in 1981. I was living in New York. I was still writing for Blues and Soul, and it was a, it was a good it was a good time. It was a good era that particular like late 70s, early 80s. Yes. And where were you in 1981, Michael Lewis? I uh, actually the first time I visited
2: New York was in 1981. Um, wow. It was uh, two years before I I moved there. Yes. Uh, in eighty three. Yeah. So wow. I was um on my way to New York.
1: At that time. <laughs> on your way to New York. All right. <laughs> well let's talk about this album. Um, you know, uh, um it you know what's significant there's several things about it that are significant. Um, one of which that I think is, is really key to mention is that, um, you know, after the first solo album, uh, Self Titled, um, which did really well, then there was one in the middle, I mean, the one previous to, to What you Gonna Do For Me, Naughty, which didn't do quite as well. Um, and then, and then we've got "What You're Going to Do for Me," which also, you know, was a gold album, and and and, and clearly um, represented many different facets of Shaka's vocal uh, vocal skills, as well as, uh, you know, I think significant thing for me. And I know we're going to talk a lot more about this in, in this segment in this podcast uh, about her love of jazz. In fact, why don't we just start there? So. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what was your take on hearing the album and particularly the jazz flavored tracks? And because there's one in particular that we know we're going to talk about specifically. Um, uh, and the Melody still lingers on. Yeah. Well, Are that is revolutionary.
2: What, what, uh, what she did with her producer Arif Martin on that song. Um, that that and, and that's really kind of stands to me as one of the uh, definitely a, a highlight of, of of Shaka's career. Yes. That, that song in particular. It was just a, a complete m- meeting of genius minds with uh, her producer. And the way uh, I was reading in the liner notes how after they got the uh the idea kind of spurred on by her record company to do something jazz oriented, mm-hmm. they uh decided to try it. Do do that song, and on a mm-hmm. on a plane flight, he actually started writing the 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 lyrics, which he wow. with Shaka. Um, wow! And um, I think one of the the most remarkable thing is how he he had uh, Dizzy Gillespie's the original Night in Tunisia with Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker, Parker that he was listening mm-hmm. to, and then how mm-hmm. they included Charlie Parker's solo on that record, you know, they, they, his, his solo is actually on the recording. So she yeah. recorded with Dizzy and Charlie Parker, bebop yeah. geniuses on this recording
1: that you, you mm. can't, it gets no better than that. You know, mm. did, did were you aware uh, prior to hearing, um, hearing that track and, and just, um, you know, or, already being someone who, uh, was, um, Uh, how can we put this, enchanted by (laughs) the music of Rufus and Shaka Khan. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, now she was like, you know, three albums into solo career. Um, Were you uh, surprised that how adept she was with um, uh, tackling jazz and vocal jazz? I mean, does it come as a surprise to you?
2: Not really. Not really, because she always
1: had, I, I just felt like the range of
2: things that she did vocally from the beginning with Rufus, because Rufus started off as a very country rock kind of a, kind of a band, mm-hmm. um, and so she the, the range of vocals that she had performed up to that point, it was it was so really surprising that that she would uh, and her voice is so dynamic it's, it's just like nothing she could not do. No. Yeah,
1: you know what's interesting for me is I I, rem- I recall specifically. Um, uh, My first actual in-person interview with with Shaka And it took place in Los Angeles And I had interviewed her for Blues and Soul uh, from London When, um, I think it was 1974 And then uh, when I lived in Los Angeles uh, for about six months This interview, I believe, took place in that second part of 1975 And um, I remember... In one of those two interviews, I'm not sure which one, she talked as early as that about her love for jazz and how she was hoping one day to be able to get more into um, recording uh, mm. jazz pieces. I mean that she it was wasn't something that suddenly showed up. I and, and, and I remember vividly it you know in that conversation. Um, I think it was actually the first phone interview we did, not the not the. Um, not the one in person, but um, in which she really talked about how, how she saw herself developing. Uh, with at that time was Rufus, um, and being having the opportunity to do more uh, more work that showed her love of jazz. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think I think I'm correct in saying that this uh, album, you know, what "You're What you Going To Do For Me," and specifically this track that we're talking about, was the first time that most people would have heard her in that setting. Is, right. is that correct? Plus, she also she yeah. always spoke
2: about uh, her upbringing and around her father listening to yeah. jazz. That was always a part of... Uh, I mean, Shaka was probably more influenced by jazz growing up than she was by gospel. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most R&B singers come out of a gospel church tradition, but... Shakur did not really come come through that
1: path. Yeah, correct, public, correct. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so that's of course a, a key, uh, important track on this album because it does it kind of portends what's kind of come in the future in terms of you know when she does the Echoes of an Era album, right. you know, and, and participates in that, and then you know different times later on in her career, as as we, you and I both know. Whatever opportunity she had, even in some of the later Warner Brothers albums, to do uh, pieces that really pointed to her love of, of jazz as, as an art. And of course, you know, she did um, uh, collaboration with Miles Davis. And, um, you know, it's just you know, throughout her career. And then, you know, in conversations that she and I had, uh, as, as I know you're well aware, you know, she would talk about how much she wanted to do that. And of course, we, we went really fast forward from what you're going to do for me to seeing her perform uh, at a venue in Los Angeles, The Strand, um, just outside, well, actually in Los Angeles, uh, doing a whole show, which was a jazz show. And, you know, the thing I remember most about it was it was brilliant. I can't remember what year it was now, but it would have been 1990-something. Um and just the fact that she was doing My Funny Valentine, she doing all these songs. and But in that kind of setting, and she, it was advertised as that. It was, you know, this is you know, Shaka's jazz Did you go to it? Yes, I did. I was there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Were you and I there together? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Probably. We were working together. Probably we, were, maybe. Yeah, we probably were. Yeah. Well, anyway, the thing that was so interesting is that even though that was what it was supposed to be, still there were people who wanted to hear, you know, Rufus and Shaka hits like Ain't Nobody, which he did at the end. But I remember making some comment about it. Uh, on, on the stage about you know this is a jazz show, y'all. That's why. Right. You know, yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of like it, it, it's been it's been challenging, you know. And then like post the, the classic Khan album has some jazz pieces on it. Anyway, we digress. I want to go back to what you're going to do for me. It's kind of like a, a launching pad, in some sense, for um, for fans and, and for music lovers to hear Shaka in a in a real jazz setting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah but again on this record um the range is 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 complete she she does so many different styles on this record um, yeah again um and and she uh, again she also always has some covers yeah she starts off with um we can work it out so I was reading the liner notes she credits her brother for the idea of doing that song,
1: oh wow, really
2: yeah, okay. Yeah, I think her version is closer to uh, remember Stevie Wonder's cover. Absolutely, that same yeah. that same tempo. Of yes. course, uh, Shaka bumped it up a notch. I mean, with the horns and the the, uh, the musicians that are on this record, uh, the the guys from uh, Average White Band again, Steve Steve Ferrone and Hamish Stewart, um, mm-hmm. Larry Williams from um, we know from um, Seawind. 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 Yes. 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 Oh wow. Seawind. Yes. And yes. horn. He wants keyboards and horn and horn arrangements on a lot of these songs also. Yes. Yes. Um, Anthony Jackson on bass. Um and then though that's like the core group, but all throughout the you know, Herbie Hancock's on night on um Night in Tunisia. Um yeah. Uh, Paulina Lacoste on percussion, Abe was on here. The Brecker Brothers are on this record. They always bring the best musicians, mm. uh, and uh, this this record was actually mostly recorded in Switzerland. Yeah, um,
1: and, and as I, as I recall, um, you know there was some conversation that um, I recall having uh, with with her around that time, well, well, the release of the album. Um, in which the comment was really that doing this in Switzerland, doing part of it in Switzerland wasn't the whole thing wasn't recorded there, but doing a lot of the basic tracks um, was really a way to be in a different environment, to be in a different mu- be in a different setting mm-hmm. uh, in Montreux in Switzerland, of course, which is best known for the jazz festival, but just to be in a different environment, it was a different vibe. I remember comments about that and um, how that. Created a, a different kind of album. I mean, when I listen to the whole album, it is phenomenal. I mean, I, 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 before we go any further, I have to go on record saying that my absolute favorite, but probably, probably my favorite uh, Shaka Khan solo track, uh, mm-hmm. certainly at that time period, is "I Know You, I Live You." I mean, I loved it when I first heard it. Uh-huh. And on that. To, I, I'm going to tell one on myself and then you can tell one on yourself if you'd like um, is that I remember when um, uh, years and years later there was a remix album which had a remix of I Know You, I Live You on it and I remember that used to be my daily exercise uh, uh, song when I lived in Los Angeles on Dunsmuir <laughs> and I used to that was my morning workout, I'm, I'm not kidding, I used to like, you know, that was put that on and dance around my uh, my living room to I Know You, I Live You remix I mean, it was so, and I still like the whole, you know the horn arrangement I, I love I, I just think that's just for me, that's probably one of the best produced and arranged records I've ever heard. And that takes a lot. I've heard a lot of music over yeah, my life. Yeah. So what do you want to say about I Know You Are You? That song, man,
2: um, just the memories of... My, my fondest memories are actually being in, uh, in the garage, the Paradise Garage in New York. Larry LeVan, the DJ there, will play that song and will build up to such a frenzy and... Um, when she got to the climax, there would just be the lights and the sound and confetti bursting and just people going wild. It was just the most amazing. I, I just love that. It was, and it seemed like almost every time I went there, that that would happen. You know, that's, yeah. that song would play, it played for years. I mean, still, I of course, like you, I just still get excited when I
1: hear it. It's just a great yeah. song. Phenomenal. I mean, I, I cannot hear that song, honestly. Um, you know, many years have passed since then. <laughs> but I honestly, I, I cannot hear that song without dancing. I mean, I can't even now. I just start bopping around. But wow, we could spend a whole podcast yeah, talking yeah. about "I Know You, I Live You." I mean, again, for me, the the horn it has got this amazing Brazilian kind of whole. The whole kind of yeah. everything about it. Just and, yeah, brilliant record, man. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Was, and I also by Ari and Shaka, they wrote it together. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was a, a dynamic combination. I mean, there's no question that, um, you know, um, apart from his brilliance as a, as a producer and arranger, that match, that that creative match between the two of them yeah. Yeah. was probably, I think it's fair to say, the best uh, match of producer and artist uh, for her.
2: I think I so. I mean, yeah,
1: he made many great records since. I'm not you know, saying that, but I'm just saying that there was something about the chemistry between the two of them, mm-hmm. musically, that just worked. And and that track, particularly, I think, is epitome of that.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And to go on the record, I was also at the Paradise Garage. May not have been the same time you were there. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Maybe. Uh, but that was you know, 1981, and and we were all young, and some of us were foolish. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that. Okay, then let's move on to other tracks <laughs> on, the, on the album. <laughs> so let's so put some other tracks on on uh what you're gonna do for me. Um uh let's talk a little bit about uh, any old Sunday. I love that song. I love the original version um
2: by the McCraaries. Um uh, who I guess they started off as gospel and gospel singers and then they, they correct. Have, this is probably the big hit that, that they had. They had a couple of albums uh, in the late seventies. Um, mm-hmm. But this was the, I, I remember them playing that a lot. Any old Sunday played a lot on the radio in, in LA. It was very popular. Yeah. So uh, when Shaka's version came out, of course we were, we were familiar with it, but as usual, Shaka puts a whole new spin on things when she,
0: <laughs>
1: when she gets her song, you know, uh, I don't know if the correct word is shaka eyes, is it? I don't know. If, that's like, I don't know. <laughs> but if it wasn't, it is now. Yeah.
0: Let's pause for a quick break. Then we'll return to David Nathan and Michael Lewis as they continue to discuss what you're going to do for me, the classic 1981 album by the legendary Shaka Khan, which they both acknowledge as one of their personal favourite Shaka Khan albums.
2: Check out In the Meantime by renowned trumpeter Willie Bradley featuring Gerald Alston, the lead singer of the legendary group The Manhattans. This jazzy groove with lyrics right on time with what's happening in the world today is on Soul Music Records, available now on all digital platforms.
1: And, and some of the other songs on, on the album. Um, uh, it's interesting, there's a, one track that um, I forgot which album it came from, um, and now I'm reminded that it comes from this album uh, Night Moods. Nightmare. And the reason I'm, I, I'm mentioning it is because on my current, you know, when I go for my walks in London with my headphones on, um, there's a particular uh, Spotify playlist. Um, that's uh, called Soul and Jazz Bossa Nova, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I should know I put it together. But anyway, but it's got night moves on it. And every time I hear it, I'm like, this is just a great track. Yeah. And, and just, you know, again, the musicianship, the, 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 the you know, Arif as, as the producer and, you know, work arrangements and just... And her I mean, her vocals on that, yeah.
2: on that song, because she sang... You used to her you used to her vocal uh layers being high blaring kind of notes, but now yeah. it's like a lot of low, smooth, yes. velvety shaka,
1: low tones that oh, just velvety I'm, shaka. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean the color, but not quite anyway. But I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um and and then there's a there's a couple of other uh, tracks I guess we want to uh, uh, focus on. Uh you we mentioned we can work it out. I know you, I live you, um, of course not in Tunisia, um, and um anyone know, Sunday, but there's a couple there's one other one, I think so there's one other one that I, I think we want to focus on. Uh do you recall which one that is? I don't know. We can both look on our on our respective lists. We got each other, which is a duet with our brother. Yes. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that I think those are the main w- ones that we, we, we've talked about, and then um, and the title. I mean, I don't know if we said much about the title track. I mean, the title track is phenomenal, um, and was a and uh, was a, a major hit uh, for Shaka. Mm-hmm. And does she? I can't remember. Remind me, Michael. Does she often do that, or has she in, in 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 recent years included that much in live performance that particular song? What you gonna do for me? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's
2: definitely right. one of uh, one of her standard uh, standard performance uh, songs. Uh, mm. That's definitely on her list. She says that if she doesn't sing it, she feels the audience will revolt or something like that. So she has to sing, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I don't believe. But you know, she you know. <laughs> now there's other songs if she didn't do they would. I can think of other songs that you know, she was that I'm every woman or even mm. ain't nobody. Then yeah. That might cause a little bit of a a, a, a revolution. Um, I want to ask you, in in the context of other Shaka Khan solo albums, and and, and in the context of the trajectory of her Warner uh, Brothers' years, how do you see this album? How how does it fit for you? Uh,
2: Definitely near the top. It depends on what day you ask me. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) This my, okay. <laughs> a lot of days I would say this is my favorite Shaka record. Really? Solo album. Yeah. And and I, I just I was just stumbled across the an albumism um entry uh that website and in yeah. their in their voter poll readers poll, this was the the top vote getter of
1: Shaka really? uh, solo album. yeah. Um mm. Well, I think I think one of the things it's interesting because I want, I want to just check one thing. So mm-hmm. yes, a little uh, what they call uh, what's called um, not prep work but kind of cheat sheet. Okay, interesting. Uh, I for some reason thought uh, obviously what you're going to do for me, you know, did did well, did really well, and then of course we go to the next album, which is Shaka Khan, um, um, which which. Does seem to have a little bit more jazz stuff on it, if I'm looking correctly. Well, it has bebop medley. Bebop medley, yeah. Um, but it didn't. It didn't do as well as the predecessor. And I, what I recall, what I'm leading to is, I remember the conversation um, that she and I did have a conversation at the, just off the release of "I Feel for You," and which she said basically the record company said, "Look." you know, it's fine, you're doing all these, like, different things, and what you're going to do for me, and, 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 you know, working with Arif on, on different things. But she, basically, I think they, they told her and Arif, you know, you guys got to come up with some hits now, like some proper, like, solid, you know, like, crossover kind of hits, which, of course, led to I Feel For You. And they did. Um, so. <laughs> and they did. And they did. But, um, yeah, but I remember it was like, okay, enough with the kind of experimental and doing you know artsy things now let's get back on record company speak of course um but yeah i i it's funny um when i think about um uh, uh, shaka khan albums from that time period i, I would say probably you're, you know, i i'm i'm in, in agreement with you i think what you're going to do for me is, is also my favorite mm mm-hmm. Just because it track for track, it's. I, I just still. I think the combination you mentioned about average white band musicians being on there, and and, and um, I think you you mentioned to me earlier that those the, they also were on the first solo album, the first solo album, and also on the second one, Naughty, mm-hmm. and obviously there was a chemistry there and a. a, a, a Interaction, you know, between musicians and, and and vocalists, and you know, and with reef as the kind of commanding presence above it all. And I, um, I think they actually yeah. toured with her, also. Yeah, they toured with her.
2: Yeah, yeah that's I, correct. I remember shows that I went to that they they were in her band. So
1: yeah, yeah, it was a great it was a great combination, and I think that uh, you know, I, I think it is a significant um, uh, album. In in the I use the word twice now trajectory of her career, mm-hmm. as is solo career, and uh, yeah. So I don't know. If there's much else to say about it other than it's a brilliant album. Unless there's something else you'd like to add.
2: Um, uh, I, I love it, man. It's, it's 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 one of my favorite records that I still play pretty regularly. Um, and yes. uh, it's a lot of good memory associated with it. Yeah. Um, I think it was a, a great time in, in, her, in her life as well. Yes. And um, they, they made her and Arif, they,
1: they just really made magic together. Wow. Well, I think that is the closing line, Michael. Okay. <laughs> okay. It together that's right all right well it's great as always talking to you and i know this is a subject that's dear to your heart and i love uh being able to talk to someone with who obviously shares a passion for the music that we're talking about so thank you sure then all right then talk to you later bye Bye okay. bye Bye-bye.
0: thanks david and michael Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favourite podcast platform and visit us for breaking news and daily updates about your favourite soul and R&B artists over at soulmusic.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on My Classic Soul.